Hey, I'm Darren. I'm one of the pastors here at Focus. And I'll tell you what, that video don't play, does it? Because we're not playing around. We're not playing around this summer because we realize something is that life is not a playground. Life is not a playground. As much as we want it to be, it's not. And so what we're doing is we're going into the summer instead of saying like, hey, I just need a vacation. Anybody need a vacation in here? Right? Like uh, you desperately need a vacation, don't you? But we can't take a vacation from our issues. We can't do it. So why go about acting like we're just going to take a vacation from our issues? Instead, we're going to declare war on our issues, and we're going to find some victory over our issues. Come on, somebody. Anybody excited about that right there? But that means that we're going to be a little bit aggressive. It means that it's going to be a little bit challenging for us as well. So what we're doing is we are in week three of a series called I Declare War. It's, it's influenced by a, a pastor uh, in a book by a pastor and author, Levi Lusco. Amazing book. I, was, I would highly suggest for you to be able to go ahead and pick that thing up. It will challenge you in a big way. But what we're doing is we're, we're going through a series based on that, and, and we're, we're declaring war on our issues. Why? Because our, our issues have already declared war on us. And so we are declaring war, and in fact, every single week on the back of your talk notes, there is a declaration of war for you. That on the very back of it, you can see, I declare war on, and then it's blank. Why is that blank? Because I don't know what you need to declare war on. What is it that, it, what is it that you are facing, and what is it that you are battling? I want you to pray about that. Think about it. And then when you know what that is, write it down. And then after you write it down... I'm asking you to sign it because every declaration of war needs a signature, right? And then I want to have you date it. And here's why I want to have you date it. Because we know that Independence Day is coming from our country. And what my hope and my prayer is, is that today is going to be the Independence Day for you and your issues. And so that you can look back upon it just the same way that we look at the Declaration of Independence and you can say that this is my declaration and this was my milestone of when I found victory over this thing. That's what my hope and my prayer is for every single one of you through this entire series. So I'm going to ask you to write it down, sign it, date it, and then I'm going to ask you to do something that is very difficult but it is also very necessary for you to find victory is that you find somebody that you know loves Jesus and you know loves you and you tell them, today was a day that I had to declare a war on this. And I know it's hard. War is hard. Victory though, victory takes effort. And I'm asking you to take a big, bold step today. Sign it, date it. Most importantly, tell somebody. Tell somebody you know that loves Jesus and you know that loves you. And they're going to have your back. Because every single one of us, we need somebody in our foxhole with us. Yes. We do. Yep. And so when we declare war, when we are making war upon an issue that have already declared war upon us, something amazing happens. There's going to be something that happens. And what, what Teddy Roosevelt described as this, is that all of a sudden, the wolf will rise inside of your heart. That there's, there's a moment inside, you're like, wait a second, like, I don't want to declare war. I want to be able to just, can we just take it easy? Just take it easy, right? 
No. We want to find victory, and so it takes steps. And when you declare war, when you're going to face something, all of a sudden, there's something inside of your spirit. The wolf rises inside of your heart. And that's what I'm praying and hoping for, for each and every single one of us, is that the wolf will rise inside of our heart, and we will be able to overcome these issues, and we're going to be able to find some victory. Now, you might be sitting here and saying, but, hey, hey, I, a wolf is bad, right? Like I, it's a big, bad wolf. I don't want, we don't live in fairy tale land. Just like the enemy to demonize the attributes of an animal that we desperately need. Because that's exactly what happens is that we have completely demonized. I mean, it's the werewolf, big bad wolf, everything. The wolf is bad, right? But we desperately need some of these attributes. And so we started off this series, week one, we talked about that we need to be able to think like a wolf, right? Because you cannot have a positive life based off of a foundation of negative thinking. So you need to have the ability to think like a wolf. Last week, last week was a powerful one, right? I love last week, we we learned to speak like a wolf. We're not going to be careless with our words. We're going to be careful. That one day we will be accountable for every careless word that we say. So why not make ourselves accountable today, right? Let's start today. Let's make the choice to be life-giving instead of life-taking with our words. That's so good. Today we're learning one so, I'm telling you what, I'm so excited about this one day. We're going to learn to act like a wolf. We're going to learn to act like a wolf. We desperately need it inside of our lives to be able to act like a wolf, right? Some of you are still aren't sure about that. You're like, I'm not, I'm not sure what that's going to look like. Trust me, by the end of this, you're going to be like, I'm ready for this. James 2.17, I love this passage. It said, in the same way, faith by itself, it is not accompanied by action, It's dead. Faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. I love the way that the message paints the picture on this. The poetry and simplicity of what the message says. Isn't it obvious that God talk without God acts? It's just outrageous nonsense. It doesn't make any sense. Why would you talk a good game but you're not walking a good game we need to learn to walk and act like a wolf now here's something that I I want you to know right up front Uh, man I anybody in here just love Jesus so much I just love Jesus so much I do I truly do and I love the simplicity of the gospel like to have to have a, a loving father We celebrate Father's Day today, and we're celebrating a heavenly Father. To have a heavenly Father who loves us so much, who desperately wants to have a relationship with every single one of us. In fact, that's his plan. He says, it's it's my hope and my dream and my my will is that no one should perish, but everyone's going to have everlasting life, that everybody will have a relationship with God. And because that's his hope and that's his plan, he made it. He made it so easy and so simple to have a relationship with him. Romans says that if you do this, this is what it takes to have a relationship with God. That if you believe in your heart that Jesus is who he says he is and he was raised from the dead, if you believe that and then you just say it, 
then that's it. That's it. If you just simply say yes to Jesus, you have a relationship with God. You have everlasting life. That's all it is. Okay, how do I have a relationship with God? Okay, let me explain it one more time. You just say yes. Okay, everybody tracking with me? It's that easy and it's that simple. Now you might be sitting here like, okay, but nothing in this world is free, right? Which you're absolutely right about. Like we have a conversation with our boys all the time. Ain't nothing for free. How about walking down the sidewalk? Who do you think paid for that sidewalk? <laughs> you and me and our taxes paid for that sidewalk, right? And walking down. How about the energy it took for you to be able to take a step? Who's paying for that food, right? You know exactly what I'm talking Nothing in the world is free, right? Except for a relationship with Jesus. That's it. But what about all of those, like what about all the rules, right? There's a lot of rules. What about, like, the te- I've heard of the Ten Commandments. There's the, the Ten Commandments have to play a part in it, right? Like there's do's and don'ts, and, and that has to be part of it, right? No. To have a relationship with God, you just simply say yes. Okay? Everybody tracking with me? But, see, I knew there was a but, right? I knew it. But our God loves us so much that he gave us, he gave us an amazing guidebook and a playbook, a battle plan for us to move through life. Fathers in here today, those of you that have a father yourself maybe or whatever it is, you want the best for your children, don't you? Right? Like that, that's what we're working towards, is that we want to provide the best life that we possibly can for our children. And the same is true of a loving Heavenly Father. He wants you to experience life. He wants you to experience life that you've never even, you've never even dreamed possible. Exceedingly, abundantly more than you ever thought. A parasauce kind of life that's what his plan is for you and the way that you can experience that life is if you follow the playbook that he has given you that's why his word is there to point us towards him and then point us towards a life that we can live and you're like well what happens what happens if i don't do some of those things that are in there does that mean that i don't have a relationship with god anymore No, you absolutely still have a relationship with God. Well, yeah, but I did something, but I did something really bad. You still have a relationship with God, okay? Okay. This is what is known as eternal security. You need to be safe and secure in knowing uh, you, listen to me on this one. You need to be very, I, you, everybody lock in on me on this one. Okay. Nothing you can ever do is going to disappoint God. Because he's not resting upon your goodness. He's resting upon his. Okay. But, <laughs> see, I knew there was another but in there, right? <laughs> but the choice is yours if you want to continue to be in that family or not. 
you can emancipate yourself from that family. And the more that you choose to walk in a different path than the path that God has for you, it's going to lead you further and further away from a loving father that desperately wants you to experience life. And then you can make the choice to abandon that security. You following me today? It's not, it's not the actions that are going to push God away. It's the choice that you have made. That's personal responsibility. When you have taken the personal responsibility to say yes to Jesus in the first place, you become an adopted co-heir with Christ. You become a son and daughter of the Most High. Any fathers in here because your, your kid messed up that you're like, you're no longer part of this family? Come on, now that doesn't make any sense, does it? Sometimes we're like, oh man, I wish maybe just for a weekend, let them see what it's like, right? <laughs> but we're not pushing them away. But they absolutely have the free will to make the choice. And God does not want that for your life. That's not what he wants for your life at all. Which is why God talk without God acts. It's, a, it's outrageous nonsense. It doesn't make any sense. Because he's like, I've given you a plan. I've given you a way to be able to live. Live it out. Live this way. And if you do live this way, not only is it eternity that we have hope for, we have hope for tomorrow. We have hope for a better life. That's what God desperately wants for you. You want to be able to find some victory over the issues? Begin to act like a wolf. Don't just talk a good game. Don't just have good talk. Have God acts as well. we got to act like a wolf. I hope some of this is starting to hit home for you. There's going to be a powerful change for some of you today. We're going to be hanging out in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 today. And I read the message in, in James, and so the message is kind of uh, speaking to me this week. Uh, and I just, again, I just love the, the poetry and the simplicity of that sometimes. And so I was just hanging out in, in the message, and so that's what we're going to be uh, hanging out with again today as well. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 says this, You are sons of the light. Come on, somebody. You are sons of the light, and you are daughters of the day. When you say yes to Jesus, the old is gone and the new has come and you have a new identity. What is your identity? Man, you are sons of the light. Come on now. You are sons of the light. Ladies in here, you are daughters of the day. I love that so much. It gives me a new identity. Who am I? Man, I am I'm a son of the most high. Who am I? I am a daughter of the Most High. I know who has created and sustains all things. And he knows me by name. If that doesn't get you riled up, I don't know what does. Like I can walk around with boldness. I walk around knowing my name. We talk about that in our family a lot. We talk about how much you want to embrace. Like some of you are very proud. You have a proud heritage, right? You're proud of your, anybody proud of their last name? Like in my family, we have to bolster that because our last name is Nibbling. <laughs> oh my goodness, my. Yeah, any kind of joke you could think of, I was called by first, fifth grade, all right? Like, 
Like, so we have to talk to our boys and instill it inside of our boys. You should be proud of your name. It is a powerful name. God created you to be a nibblink. You're going to walk around as a nibblink, and nibblinks walk around with their head held high. Nibblinks are winners. Nibblinks are overcomers. Why? Not because it's the last name nibblink, but because we know that my God is for us and not against us. That's who you are. You are a son of the light. You are a daughter of the day. So why don't you act like it? Man, we are just, we are one sentence into today, and I'm already like the wolf. Anybody feeling the wolf rise up inside of their heart right now? Like, I'm ready to go after something. I'm ready to go on the hunt. I'm ready to overcome. Why? Because I am a son of the light. Because I am a daughter of the day. And that's who I am. You know who I am? I am who God says I am. And that's who he says that I am. It should bolster that inside of you. All of a sudden, the roof wolf rises inside of your heart let's continue on so let's not sleepwalk through life like those other people if you are son of the light and a daughter of the day don't just sleepwalk don't just act like everybody else don't do it how are they doing it we, we need to keep our eyes open people sleep at night and they get drunk at night they're trying to deaden themselves and act like nothing else is going on. Life's just a playground. Eat, sleep, and for tomorrow we may die. Life's not a, a playground. It's a battleground. Don't sleepwalk through life. No, we're going we're gonna to have our eyes wide open, ready for what God has for us. Continue on. But not us. No. Since we're creatures of the day, you need to act like it. You got to act like a wolf. Walk into the daylight sober, dressed up in faith, love, and the hope of salvation. See, the problem for us is that many times, many times even though we're like, okay, I said yes to Jesus and, and I know that, but, but I'm still living, I'm still living like this, I'm still having these issues, I'm still having these struggles, I still am fearful about this, I'm, I'm still, all of these different things. And here's what, here's the problem is that we haven't truly and fully accepted the fact that you are a son of the light and a daughter of the day. Because the war is the war of your identity. Who do you see yourself as? You are not, you are not your pain and you are not your past. You are not your guilt and you are not your shame. You are not all of your failures. You are a son of the light and a daughter of the day. And don't allow the things from the past to deter you from the future that God has for you. It is a battle of your identity. That's where the war truly rests. When you look into the mirror, who do you see? I messed up again. Which is exactly where the enemy wants you. Focus on all of your failures, which leads you to a bunch of fear, which leads you to faithlessness. God doesn't want you to be faithless. He wants you to be faithful. You're not going to have a life full of fear. You're going to walk out full of faith. When you know that you are a son of the light and a daughter of the day, it is a war for your identity. 
And your identity, your activity, should reflect your identity. Your activity should reflect your identity. How would you describe somebody who is a skydiver? You can't just say, I'm a skydiver. Have you ever done it before? No. I've never done that before. Your activity should reflect your identity. I want to be able to crochet, so I'm a crocheter, crocheter, crochet knight, crochet. I don't know what, what is, is that crochet or is that a word? I don't know what, if it is or not. <laughs> you need, now everybody's like, I think there is, a, I don't even know. One that crochets, is that, that's what it is. You have to actually crochet to do that. Your activity should reflect your identity. If you are a son of the light, act like it. If you're a daughter of the day, act like it. Somebody needs to act like a wolf up in here today. And understanding who you are allows you to walk forward in the activity that God has for you. We're going to act like a wolf. We need to begin to act like a wolf. So today I've got two things for you to be able to, to begin to pull in the attributes of a wolf and see how a wolf acts and how we need to take those in and begin to act in the same manner. Number one, if you want to be able to act like a wolf, you need a pack. You need a pack to run with. You need a wolf pack. Some people that are around you that you are going through life. Because here's the reality. You've heard this before. The Jungle Book, you've watched it, you've read it, and Kipling said this, he said, the strength of the wolf is the pack, and the strength of the pack is the wolf. You need to have a pack to run around with. You need to have a community of believers that you are running around with. It's so cool to be, I'm telling you what, like, I have loved this study so much because I've just, like, I want to go to Yellowstone Park and see some wolves so bad, right? Like, and if we can't go to Yellowstone, babe, we're going to adopt a wolf. It's just it's what's going to happen. I just want, it's amazing. There was a wolf that was just born at the Phoenix Zoo, and I'm just so excited about that. Little, come on, like a little pup wolf. Are you kidding me? The problem is then they grow up to be a, a wolf, right? Like that's, that's the downside of it. But, I mean, I've, I've just loved just reading and studying wolves so much and seeing the pack dynamic within the wolf it's just so cool like there's there's an organization within the pack and you've seen this like you maybe you've heard it before like anybody heard of the the alpha right like you heard it see many times when we hear the that alpha in a pack we think of the alpha male like there's the alpha male that's just going and rampaging through everything and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to force you to be able to behave in this type of manner and, and everybody's bowing down to my will, right? Right? Like we kind of have that idea. But that's not the case at all actually within the pack. The more study that we've done is that, is that not only is there the alpha male, there's also alpha female. Here's what it's like in the pack. It's mom and dad. It's mom and dad together. There's an alpha male and an alpha female. Ladies, I'm here to tell you today that God has given you the ability to lead your family. 
He has given you responsibility within your family and within your path, and you need to be able to take hold of that. He has given that, the authority to you. He's placed a mantle there. Guys, the same thing is true for you, that you are called to lead your family. You are called to be able to step up and to be able to provide for them. Now, here's the thing that I love about this, this aspect of, of this alpha male and alpha female as well is that, is that many times, again, we think about the, that alpha male like, I'm going to get mine before anybody else does, right? I'm going to make sure that we think like the, the hunt happens and, and they've got the kill in front of them. And then, the hey, nobody's eating until the alpha male eats, right? This is my bag of chips. Nobody having my bag of chips. And nobody's sitting in my chair while I eat my bag of chips, right? That's just in my house. <laughs> That's not the case at all. In fact, many times within the pack that that alpha male, he makes sure that the pups eat before anybody else. And then he'll make sure that the rest of his family is provided for before he goes and gets some. He's taking care of things. God has called you to make sure you're taking care of what you need to take care of. You need a pack around you. That idea of the lone wolf, that's only about 15% of wolves. It doesn't really happen that often. And most of those wolves that are going around that are all by themselves, they're in search of a mate so they can start their own pack as well. You got to have a pack around you. And then there's not just the alpha. There's also, there's, there's, it, the order keeps going down. There's like these betas, which are like the lieutenants. They're taking the orders and they're making sure, making sure that everybody's doing what they need to within the order of the pack they're there to be able to do all those things making peace making sure everybody's in line with what they're doing and then and then you continue continue on down in that order and then there's there's kind of the lowest level they're called the omegas and those omegas you think oh they're the little tiny skinny runts and all that kind of stuff everybody picks on them kind of a little bit that's true you know but but there's a role a special role that they have as well within the pack that that many times when when the rest of the the pack will go on a hunt that the omegas will stay back and they're babysitting the the pups that are left behind when the rest of the pack is together the omegas are there they're they're kind of like they're fun loving and they're making sure that morale is up like they're seeing they're seeing people get stressed out and they're like, hey, this, this stress is not good for the pack. And so they, they'll do a joke. Like, they'll trip over something. Everybody laughs at them and everything's okay, you know? Like, but the thing that I love about this is that there's these, the different order of, of this is, is not that there's a hierarchy in it. It's just that everybody has a role. And every role is vital to the survival and the thriving of the pack. You have a God-given role that is vital to see the kingdom of God grow. You need to have a pack. To act like a wolf, you need a pack around you. Why is the pack so important? Here's, the pack protects, right? A lone wolf all by itself, the survival rates are greatly diminished. It's hard to hunt on your own. It's hard to be able to, to withstand attacks from other wolf packs that are going around you. You need to have a pack around you to protect you. We live in a dangerous world where there are constant attacks coming around us, trying to pull us in different directions. And we need a pack around us 
that is helping protect us from those things. That we're not just the lone wolf out there all by ourselves. I'm going to tell you what, you're going to get eaten up quick. Survival rate is not going to be high for you. Do not forsake the gathering of believers or some are ought to do. No, gather together. Get in a pack so that you can find protection from the evils of this world. You absolutely need to have a pack. You need to have some protection around you. Which leads me to a question. Who is in your pack? Who, who is in your pack? Who are the people that are close to you who you could say, okay, I know that that's a person that's got my back that's going to help protect me in a situation. That's a person right there that I know I can go to. Who's in your pack? And here's why this is so important for you to, to truly look about, think about, and be selective of who is running in your pack. The reason why is because not only does a pack protect, but a pack produces. That's what a pack is meant to do. They want to carry on and they will reproduce. And you are going to be a product of your pack. You will be a product of your pack. John Jim Rohn said this. He said, you are the average of five people that you spend the most time with. You're a product of the people that you run in circles with. What do you want your life to look like? Look at your friends. Now, here's the thing about this. A lot of studies have been done about this statement, and there's truth to it. There's truth to this statement, that you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. And this carries over to all aspects of your life. Relationally, what kind of relationship do you want to be in? Like if you're, if you're uh, married and you want to be able to say, hey, I want to have a, a great relationship, look at, the re- the, look at the couples that you're hanging out with and see what kind of marriage that they have. And I'm going to tell you, that's, that's what yours is going to end up looking like. It works out that way. Financially, finan- how do you want to be able to spend your money? How do you want the future of your money to look like? Do you want to make more money? Guess what? Hang out with people who make more money. It plays out. You're the average of the five people that you Some of you are like, man, I'm dumping that friend. <laughs> Where's Billy? Bill Gates, where's he at? I'm going to come friends with him. It plays out. It truly does. Health-wise, this is, a, this is phenomenal. If one of the five people that you're close with begins to gain weight, Studies have shown that you are 45% likely to gain weight as well. Like, that's who it is. I'm blaming that person, right? It's no joke. Now, like I said, there's truth to this statement. But the more that sociologists begin to study this is that, is that the level of influence is actually much larger than that. And there's a ripple effect of influence that takes place. Health-wise, if one of your five people gains weight, you're 45% more likely to gain weight. Well, here's the other side of it. If a friend of that friend begins to gain weight, you are 20% likely to gain weight as well. What? Because influence has a ripple effect. And you and who is in your pack 
is vital on who you are becoming. You got to make sure that you are selective about who is in your pack. This is true of your spiritual health as well. You want to be on fire for God? Who's in your pack? Are they on fire for Jesus? Or are they just cool like, man, I'm cool going to church when it's convenient? When it's not like, it's not, I mean, it's not, it's not messing up my schedule. I'm cool going to church. I'm like, I, yeah, of course I believe in God. Yeah, right? Yeah. If that's who you're hanging out with, then who do you think you're going to be? Or maybe you don't even, like it's spiritually, like they're just dead. It's going to pull you in that direction because a pack produces, reproduces, and you are going to be a product of your pack. Who is in your pack? Who are the closest people to you? If you show me your friends and I'm going to show you your future. And this is true of all generations. It's not just for our next generation sitting back there. Watch out for your friends that, are, that you have in high school because that's going to determine who you are when you're 30. No, who you are at 30 and who you're hanging out with will depend on who you're going to be at 50, 60, and continuing on. Show me your friends. I'm going to show you your future. You need to be selective of who is speaking into your life. You want to act like a wolf? Who's in your pack? A good friend of mine, amazing pastor up in Minneapolis, Peter Haas, he said it to me this way. He said, surround yourself with people that are doing what you dream of doing. Yes. Come on now. You want to write a book one day? You need to have somebody in your life who has already written a couple of them. You want to be able to be successful financially? Then you need to surround yourself with people who are like, hey man, that, hey, yeah, a little bling going on right there. I want to... Or he was smart enough not to spend money on the bling. That's who I want to be around, right? You want to be able to do, you want to be able to live a life on fire for Jesus. Who is in your pack? You need to act like a wolf. You need to surround yourself with people who are doing what you dream of doing. It is vital for you. If you're a son of the light and a daughter of the day, you need to act like it. And I'm going to tell you who's in your pack is going to help develop that yeah. tremendously. Yeah. You got issues? Find somebody who has overcome that issue. Because they know the way out. That's right. Have them jump down in the foxhole with you because they've already figured the way out of it. Yes. Who's in your pack? The second thing that we want to be able to do, if we're going to be able to act like a wolf, you need to watch your posture. You need to watch your posture. What do I mean by that? What do, what do I mean by, by posture? I mean your posture. That's what I mean. I mean like when you were a kid and your mom would like smack you upside the back of the head and stand up straight, right? That's what I mean by your posture. We can't smack them up the side of the head anymore, can we do that? Just in our own house. That's so it's not okay. I'm sorry. It's on YouTube, all the YouTube watchers. Don't smack one We want You need to be mindful of your posture. The way a wolf will carry themselves is indicative of who they are. It is so cool to be able to, I'm telling you, like watch some documentaries even 
and see how wolves carry themselves. That sociologists can figure out the order and the pecking order of wolves at a young age by the posture that they have within even a young pup pack. They know who they're going to be. They can see it play out from what? From their posture. Anybody in here know stress is a real thing? Right? Stress is a real thing. And stress, stress can play a major impact upon your physical health. Stress, has a, stress has already been linked to heart disease, digestive issues, fatigue. We're not even talking about like bone structure and, and headaches that come along with stress. Stress is a real thing. And studies have shown that just standing with your shoulders in and your head down, that after 15 minutes of standing that way, that the stress inside of your body escalates immediately. Just by your posture. Why is that? Well, part of it is because when you are standing in this kind of manner, that you're hunched in and hunched over, that you are actually taking shallow breaths. Why? Because you cannot engage your diaphragm. And all of a sudden, we live in a society, we have shallow breathing in America. That's all I'm going to say about that. Why? Because of the way we stand. Your mom was right. <laughs> you got to stand up straight. Throw your shoulders back a little bit. And all of a sudden, when you do that, you're expanding your chest up. I see a bunch of you doing that already. You're like, I'm even on my chair. Like, I can feel a difference. You can feel a difference, can't you? That you're increasing the breath that you have. And all of a sudden, it's not just, that's not, let me tell you, that's not a deep breath. That should be your regular breathing. It's just taking in much needed oxygen. Posture is so important. I, man, I'm you, I love Jesus, and I love his words so much because he speaks into this. And it's not talking about the, the physiology of it. We didn't know this, right? He's just saying, hey, you need to be mindful of your posture. You need to watch your posture. We see this happen over and over in Psalm. Psalm 63, 4 says this. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will have my hands in my pockets. <laughs> now I'm going to lift my hands up. You can't lift your hands up and have your shoulders hunched over at the same time. This is weird, right? I said, I'm going in for a hug moment, not... Now I have my hands lifted up because there's something powerful that God already knows that when you lift your hands up, you're throwing your shoulders back and all of a sudden you can breathe a little bit more. I'm going to lift my hands up and all of a sudden this much needed oxygen that God created for me begins to flow in me. Psalm 47.1 says, clap your hands. All you nations, shout to God with cries of joy. Psalm 27. Psalm 27 says, Then I will hold my head high yeah. 
I'm going to throw my shoulders back. I'm going to have my head held high. And I'm going to walk around as the overcomer that I know that God has created me to be. You need to be mindful of your posture. It's so important for you. It's so important for you that when you know you are an overcomer, that you need to stand like it. And more importantly, when you don't know it, you need to stand like it. I don't feel like an overcomer right now. I'm telling you, more than ever is when you need to hold your head up high, where you need to throw your shoulders back and you begin to breathe. You mean like fake it till you make it? Well... Perhaps, but there's a little bit more to it than that. I'm so thankful that God understands science more than we do. (laughs) See, here's what happens. Is that all of a sudden, when I begin to stand in a way of an overcomer, I got my shoulders back, I got my head held high, my chest is out, and I'm beginning to breathe. All of a sudden my heart rate begins to slow. Because when you don't have enough oxygen, your heart rate increases. And so if I'm standing hunched over, if I'm standing defeated, then I cannot get the oxygen that my muscles and all of my organs cannot get the oxygen that it needs. And when that happens, I cannot think clearly. You get a little fuzzy. When you are depleted of oxygen, you get a little fuzzy. You know this to be true because you've been in a situation before where all of a sudden the adrenaline starts kicking in and you're all excited, you know, and your heart rate is elevated and somebody says something to you and you're just angry and then later on when you begin to calm down from it, all of a sudden you think, I should have said that. (laughs) Oh man, if I just, oh, that would have been a good one right there, right? Why did you think about it later? Not because you're slow, because you can begin to think clearly, because your heart rate has decreased. And so here's what happens, is that you're going through a situation and you feel like you're defeated. You're going through a situation that is is just causing you to have all of these negative thoughts. And then you think to yourself, you know what I need to do? I need to know that that my God is for me and he's not against me. And I'm walking with my head held high because because that's what scripture says, is that I need to be able to, to lift my eyes upon the Lord. And so I'm walking with my head held high and I've got my shoulders back because my hands are raised to him. And all of a sudden, I begin to breathe more. All of a sudden, my heart rate begins to slow down. All of a sudden, I begin to think clearly. Now, no longer do I just, am I just trying to fake that I'm an overcomer. Now I realize that I truly am an overcomer. Because because that's who God says I am. And I know that his word is true. And I know that his promises are faithful. That he is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And my mind is thinking clearly once again. When? When I have my hands out in a posture that God wants me to have. You need to act like a wolf. You need to watch your posture. Stand like it. Stand like what? Like you're a son of the light and a daughter of the day. Why would you go around sleepwalking? No. 
That's what happens at the night. And we're not part of the night anymore. No. Man, we have been exposed to the day. We have experienced the Lord on high. So you need to begin to act like it. And know who you are. I am who he says I am. And you begin to think clearly when you watch your posture. So it's not just your mom who's walking around. Stand up straight. Oh, Jesus. In a loving way, says, hey, I know behind, I know what happens in your body. And I want you to know this, to think clearly. Act like it. Stand up and know who you are. You are mine. I have chosen you and you have chosen me. And when you say yes, come on now. You need to make sure that you're mindful of your pack. Who's in your pack? Who's in your pack? You need to make sure that you're mindful of your posture. Now, now here's something that I want you to, to realize today. These are very practical things that we've talked about, aren't they? Right? Like, you can have, like, it is an easy ability to say, I got to be mindful of my friends. And you heard me even say it last week. You want the simplest and most effective way to change your life? Change your friends. It's going to happen. It's so powerful and so practical. Your posture. Come on now, how practical is that? Right? Like, just stand up straight. Begin to breathe and understand who God has created you to be, and you're going to be able to think clearly. These are very practical things to fight the war of your issues. We're not just, these are, these are weapons for you to fight and find victory over those issues. Now, did I say you need to make sure that you are on your knees, that you are bowing down before a holy God, that he's going to fight those battles for you? Was that part of it, anything today? It wasn't, was it? I believe in that fully, that there is, there is weapons not of this world, and that we are in a spiritual battle, and you absolutely need to make sure that, that the Holy Spirit is going to war for you, 100%. But there are some things that God has said, look at the way that I've showed you to live. Do that. Do that. You're sitting there saying, you know what, I, I need a miracle. I need a miracle in my marriage. I need a miracle, and you probably do need a miracle in your marriage. But I need a miracle. Can you just help? Can you just help my husband to, to love me more? Right? How about you just make sure that he's a higher priority than your kids? Right? Can you just, can you help my wife to love me more? How about you just hang out with her more than your buddies? Uh-oh. I just want God to come through for me. I don't want to put in the work. I heard it said this way. God doesn't even show up until it's impossible. So here's the reality is too many times we're asking God for a miracle. He's already given us the guidebook to live by. His word is already there. He's given you the way to live. So do that. Live that way. 
Make the choices that scripture says to make. And guess what's going to happen? You're going to find an amazing life. You're going to find a blessed life. You're going to find a life that is exceedingly abundantly more than you ever imagined. When you do what he says. Well, well, come on now. Like, it's hard. I know it is. I know it is. The main verse that we have, Romans 7, 15 says, I don't understand myself or I want to do what's right, but I, I don't do it. Instead, I, I do what I, I'm not, I don't want to do that stuff, but I find myself slipping into it. I know. Because there's a world of difference between knowing what to do and doing what you know. But I'm here to remind you of what you already know. To spur you on. Spur you on to what? Good works. Loving each other. Do what you know. Now, there's some of you in here that you're like, I, but, I, but I don't know all of those things. That's what his word is for. is to teach you and guide you. And so when you see these things, it's not just like, hey, here's a suggestion for you. No. Live this way. Do this. And see how I'm going to bless you. See how I'm going to be able to come through for you in these moments. That's the reason why his word is there. So act like it. If you're a son of the light, you need to act like it. Don't live the way that other people live. Live the way that God wants you to live. If you are a daughter of the day, you need to act like it. Somebody says to you, you're different. You're weird. What's going on? You don't act like everybody else. That's right. I act like a daughter of the day. I act like a son of the light. I'm not trying to have what everybody else. I'm not trying to have what this world has and all of the pain and all the problems that go along with it. I want the life that God has for me. And the life that he has for me is found right there in his guidebook. What does that look like? First Thessalonians. Walk, walk out into the daylight sober. Sober. We won't talk a lot about drinking in here. But I'm telling you today. Walk into the daylight sober. Dressed up in faith. Not faithless. I'm full of faith. Not fear. Because perfect love casts out all fear. And the hope of salvation. I have hope. More than anything, I have hope. I've talked to so many people through all my years and, and many of you in here too have gone through some difficult situations and the thing that I say to every single one of you is I have hope. I have hope. And I know that sometimes it's still, still see devastation happen because we do live in a fallen world. It's horrible. In this world you will have trouble. But in my God you will have hope. And it might not be some things that we want to see happen and walk through some of that pain with you. 
But in this world, we have hope. There's hope that we have. And hope has a name. And his name is Jesus. And he is a loving father that wants good things for you. Good things for his sons. Good things for his daughters. When you say yes to Jesus, you have hope. It doesn't mean that you have an escape from problems. It means that you have hope through your problems. He is a good father. He's never going to leave you. He'll never forsake you. When you simply just say yes to him. Church, can we please stand today? I'm going to ask you to just have a moment of reflection. And to truly do that, I'm going to ask that just, everybody just closes their eyes for a second, for a moment, I should say. And reflect upon what you heard today. Who's in your pack? How are you standing? Do you know who you are? In a war for your identity. And today, if you don't know that you are a son of the light, a son of God, or a daughter of the day, a daughter of God. If you don't know that, but you desperately want that, the only thing you have to do is believe it and confess it. And so today I'm going to ask for you to just confess it, saying yes to Jesus, the symbol of just raising your hand up. If you want to say yes to Jesus today, on the count of three, go ahead and raise your hand. One, two, three. Today I say yes. And I take the identity that I am who you say I am. I'm the son of the light. I'm the daughter of the day. If you're in here today, you can put your hand down. If you're in here today, And you say to yourself, you know, I know who I am. But other people might not know that because I don't act like it all the time. And today you need to make a new commitment to have your activity reflect your identity. And if that's you today, and you want to be able to make that declaration of war, I want to ask you to just at the count of three, raise your hand as well. One, two, three. Today, I declare war on those activities that are pulling me away. Today, I declare war on those people that I thought were my friends, but they were anchors just holding me down and holding me back. 
and I need to sever those and go after new relationships and a new pack that is going to bring me forward. I need to be mindful of my posture and know that my God has created me to be an overcomer. And I'm going to walk as an overcomer to understand that I'm an overcomer. And I declare war on those activities that are holding me back. Today is a new day for me. Today is my independence day. Today is the day that the wolf rises inside of me. And today is the day that I will act like a wolf. Come on, church. Can we go ahead and begin to praise him right now? Just begin to praise him right now. This is our war cry. We'll rise up. And this is our time.